My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh. And this is Steelers Country. All right, this is Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony. I, I got to apologize first off the bat. I know you're listening to this on a Friday or a Saturday, which is much later than I like to get this podcast out. Um, and that's my fault. I tried recording this uh, earlier in this week. And I just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get, couldn't do it. Couldn't come up with uh, coherent thoughts. Um... You know, kind of like the Steelers couldn't put together a coherent game in this one. Uh, this was an interesting one. You know, there's been a lot of talk after the game. Oh, is this another example of, of Tomlin and his teams playing down to their opponents? And uh, it's just like the Eagles or it's just like the Ravens. Um, they should win this game easily. And somehow they find a way to lose. Uh, it's kind of a no-show type of thing. I think there's some truth to that. And certainly, you know, this was not a, this was not a good game by either the offense or the defense. Um but I did see a lot of similarities, especially early in this game, to what happened against the Jets. And then, you know, that's a game where we blew them out. Um, but the Steelers have not been fast starters this year. We've only scored on our opening drive only against the Jets. Um, and that was on a, a long third down play to Sammy Coates. And we've been trailing in the first quarter in four out of the six games we've played. Uh, so it wasn't surprising to me when the Dolphins, you know, drove down the field got their field goal early. Every team drives down. Every team kicks field goals against us. And it wasn't surprising to me that the offense kind of sputtered to begin with, but then kind of found their rhythm, got a touchdown on a big play. Uh, and it just kind of felt like, okay, here we go. This is the Steelers that I know. Uh, up 8-3, to three, and you felt like, okay, this is just we're just going to steamroll now. But, you know, the offense, again, sputtered again. Defense is still allowing drives, giving up points. Again, none of that's surprising because if you look back at what happened against the Jets, it was very similar. Right, the Jets put up 13 points in the first half on three drives, in which it was again it was death by a thousand cuts, um, and they end up going up 13 to seven in that game. The difference being from this one is that the offense was able to finally find a real rhythm at the end of the first half, score a touchdown, take the lead, and then in the second half they just built upon that, and the defense was really able to to shut down what the Jets were doing. In this game, you know, we never really found that rhythm, and defensively. You know, they were on the field forever because the offense wasn't able to find any rhythm. And then they were, and give the Dolphins some credit in this one because the Dolphins did do a lot of things uh, that the Steelers were not able to deal with. Um, number one in this game, one thing I found very interesting, the Steelers have been very, very good against the run. Uh, and they, they, I think they were top four, top five in the league against the run this year. Uh, haven't given up big runs, haven't given up uh, important runs this year. But in this game, they really did. I mean, they, kind of the wheels came off in the running game, or in the run defense, I should say. And I think a big reason for that was a calculated risk that the Steelers took in moving Artie Burns to starting corner in the nickel. They wanted to move Gay over to the to the slot in the nickel and move Artie as, a, as the starting outside corner. An interesting move, a move that I think a lot of Steelers fans agreed with because we've seen Artie Burns play very well earlier in this year, and his kind of arrow has been pointing up for a couple weeks now. Sean Davis isn't really lighting the world on fire, and he's had some back problems. Um, so let's do it, right? William Gay is a more natural uh, nickel corner than anything else. So it, it, this all made sense. 
But what the Dolphins did was interesting because what they said was, look, fine, you want to play Artie Burns in the nickel. That's fantastic because I'm going to spread you out now and I'm going to run to his side. And if we know anything about Artie, it's that his run defense, his tackling, his angles haven't been ideal to this point. And in this game, he had a very hard time making the tackle at the point of attack, didn't seal the edge. Ajay was able to get out there uh, and make some big runs, some splash runs in this one. And that, that was really a killer in this game, is that the Steelers' defense has been predicated all year on uh, stopping them on third down and uh, not allowing big plays. And in this game, we saw both both things come apart. Big passes, big runs. Um, and you know what? It, it's something that I think, for me, I can kind of live with after this game. Um, you know, Artie's going to get better at tackling. Artie's going to get better at understanding that he's got to seal the edge. He's got to get the running back to turn back inside because if he if he gives up the edge as easily hit as he did in this one, we're going to be giving up 200-yard rushers with regularity. Um, so, so and, and he's a young player. He's going to get better. Vince Williams didn't have a very good game in this one. You know, here's a guy who led the team in tackles the two weeks prior. I can kind of live with that. Javon Hargrave, another young guy having to play more with Cam Hayward out and Ricardo Matthews having to play with Cam Hayward out. I'm okay with this part of the team kind of playing worse because there there is a couple of guys that were missing in Shazier and Hayward and Artie Burns playing this new position. He's got to get better in that role. And if we're talking about the run defense being a problem two, three, four weeks from now, then yes, I, I will agree that this is, this is something that needs to be addressed immediately. But for now, this is a one-game sample size. It's the first time it's happened. You can point to reasons why it happened and reasons why we should be getting better as we go forward. Hayward and Shazier should be getting healthy, and Artie should not be this bad. Two, three weeks from now, he's a young player. He's got to learn. He's got to have experiences like this um, to get better. The same thing can be said about the long pass plays, right? Um, the second one, the one to Landry, uh, cover three look. Artie's supposed to play uh, outside um, and kind of gets bit on the inside, Wants to help out Mitchell, leaves Jarvis Landry wide open. He's got to get better in that. But again, it's a situation in which I feel like Artie will get better. Uh, and and as we go, um, those things will, will happen less. The other one, the one I can't explain is the one to William Gay. I mean, you know, Gay's our most veteran corner, our most veteran guy in the secondary. He just took a terrible angle, stopped on his coverage. Uh, maybe he didn't believe Tannehill could get the ball there or what. I, it was just a, a strange play. Um, and if he stays with the guy, maybe he even has a chance uh, at an interception because the ball was underthrown there. Just a strange one. Um, and, and I can't really explain that one, but you've got to have better play out of William Gay going forward. And and um, I, I do expect you know that he will play better going forward. I, I'm not as interested in talking about the things that we know about this defense straight up. I mean, look, they didn't rush the passer well. Give the Dolphins some credit on that because Tannehill got rid of the ball quickly. They ran some easy routes for him. Um, and he executed them. Um, you know, our pass rush hasn't been good. It isn't going to be good. Uh, the Steelers are going to have to manufacture pressure if they're going to get there. Um, and with teams playing like this, where they're going to get rid of the ball quickly, you know, t Butler's going to have to figure something out there. The, and then the moving the ball between the 20s. I mean, look, th this team has given up yards between the 20s to everybody. And I think the thing we can now say is that this team does have a very good red zone defense for whatever reason. Um, well, actually, not for what. Look, I said last week it was blind luck. I mean, this week the Steelers were uh, the Steelers gave up six red zone opportunities, only gave up touchdowns on two of those six, um, which is ideal. 
And I think it's because, you know, you go back to training camp, you go back to reading these reports out of training camp of this seven-shot drill that, that Tomlin and, uh, and the crew there practiced every single practice. Um, and it's, it's our offense going against our defense in uh, red zone drill, seven shots in the end zone, uh, you know, kind of a best of seven. And when you do that and you, and you practice that and you practice and you make it a regular part of practice – um, I, I think that that's kind of rubbed off on the team that once they get in the red zone, hey, this you know, this is where we make our stop, and they've done that all year. And, and we're now we're what a third of the way through the season. We played five games. We're going to play sixteen total uh, in the regular season. Okay, we have a very good red zone defense now. It's time to stop wondering why it's happening or when the when the wheels are going to come off red zone wise. I mean, this team has proven now that they're very good in the red zone, and that's something you can build on. Giving up field goals is not going to, you know, as Joe said last week, it's not going to lose you games. Um, but they've got to get better within the 20s. They've got to get better at rushing the passer. They've got to stay more. Uh, they've got to stay more attuned to the game plan, to to what what each guy had, what their role is on the defense. And specifically, I'm talking about here, of course, Artie Burns, uh, Vince Williams. Guys have got to stay uh, within the system, and things will start to come back together. They're going to get healthier as we go. Now we're going to get Hayward back probably after the bye week. We might get Shazier back this week against New England. Things should be pointing in the right direction defensively. Um, you know, and I think that I think things will start to look better. Look, the last time this team got rolled on uh, was against Philly. The next week, you know, it was a it was basically a shutout against Kansas City. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they didn't score in that game until the Steelers had already scored what 30, 40 points. Um, so, you know, defensively, look, this was a, this was a very disappointing game to watch. But I think circumstances had a lot to do with why things were as bad as they were. The defense got worn down as the game went on. The offense couldn't move the football. Um, and this defense did play well in the red zone, which is something we can hang our hat on. Offensively, look, what, what are you going to say here? I mean, the, again, they the Dolphins came out with a very good game plan, and they they played good one on one. I mean, Byron Maxwell, who's been picked on a lot this year, he played very good coverage against AB. There was that drive in the third quarter, uh, maybe it was the fourth quarter, where Ben kind of wanted to go to AB on a couple throws in a row, uh, and Byron Maxwell was there playing man coverage. Step for step with AB, which is something you really don't see in the league right now, is corners in one-on-one situations being able to keep up with AB. But they did that bracket coverage where they play man underneath and a zone up top uh, on AB. It made Ben have to go to to other looks, and I think after the injury, you know, it just wasn't there for him. Um, they also did a very good job of stopping Le'Veon early in the game. You know, Le'Veon, the running game never really got going early, and I think that's why the Steelers went away from it so early. Uh, and that was probably to their detriment because as Ben's injury, you could tell, okay, this is, you know, he's not throwing the ball well. We probably should have leaned on Le'Veon a little more, especially later in the game. But as the score kind of progressed out of hand uh, and the Steelers just never went back to it, it's something that they're going to have to be more disciplined with just from a play calling standpoint going forward. We can't have games where Le'Veon only touches the ball, uh, you know, 10, 11 times or whatever it was in this game. Um Ben's injury really changed everything. I mean, you know, he, he, I think he had Eli Rogers open a few more times than he thought. Um, you know, they were they had this game plan to go to the tight ends. Grimble was involved. Jesse James was involved a lot in this game. Um, you never know what would happen if, if he doesn't get injured in this game. Because uh, like I said, you know, this, this has been a second-half team. They, they've kind of poured it on in the second half. And with that injury, Ben was just never the same. Um, and this thing never came together. And, of course, you know, it's insult to injury in this one, right? Because not only... Did we lose a stupid game to the Miami Dolphins, a game we shouldn't have lost? Well, we also lost our quarterback now, and he, he's going to be out between whatever it's going to be, 
they say two weeks he could be back right after the bye week against Baltimore, or it could take him up to six weeks depending on the pain tolerance, that kind of thing. I expect that Ben will be back after the bye week. I mean, it, you know, Ben always comes back at the, the lower end of, of whatever the, the injury scale is going to be. In this case, it's two to six, so I expect him closer to two than I do the six. Um, that puts him back after Baltimore. If not Baltimore, I definitely expect him to, to be back uh, in time for the next home game, which would be uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's a couple weeks from now. The Steelers have a tough one right ahead of them. They're going to be playing the New England Patriots uh, in a game that really, coming into it, uh, if we hadn't lost Ben, this would be really a game that would decide the season. And, and, and everything that was, was going to be said coming into this game is kind of still true, right? Um, the winner of this game has a the inside shot at home field advantage. Um, the Patriots come in 5-1, and one, we come in 4-2. and two. If the Steelers were to win this game, they would have the exact same record as New England and the tiebreaker, and you're kind of just playing out from that point and just to keep pace with New England, and you have home field. Uh, if they lose this game now, now they're four and three. New England's uh, five and one, or six and one, excuse me. Um, and, and of course, it's a, it's a much different landscape from that point. Now you're two games back in New England, and they have uh, the tiebreaker on you. Uh, home field is pretty much over at that point. Uh, so, the, the, and, and look, no Landry, or excuse me, no Ben, and Landry has to start. I mean, it's still it's still the case that if the Steelers were to miracle their way into a victory in this one, and then Ben were able to come back against Baltimore, um, there is still the chance that we can have home field as we go, and this really changes nothing. Um, but, of course, with Landry Jones, the chances of us winning this football game uh, are very, very slim. I've actually, you know, in the, in the couple days here where I didn't do the podcast, I was able to go back and watch some film on Landry. Um, you know, Landry's the tape on Landry is not terrible. Right, I know there's been a lot of hate this week about Landry and oh, we should start Mettenberger and these this crazy talk. I I don't understand it. Um, you know, Zach Mettenberger has the exact same stat line as as Landry Jones for his career. I mean, yes, I get he started more games in the NFL, but he's never actually won one of those starts. So, you know, I, I, look, I'm not going to talk a lot about Zach Mettenberger. Landry came in last year at the at, at the end of some games, um, started a game against Kansas City, and he played pretty well. I mean, look. If you look at the the best game tape on Landry is the air, obviously the third and fourth quarter of Arizona uh, he played pretty much flawlessly in that game um, Kansas City he made some mistakes you know the thing about Landry uh, is that he is he's a smart football player who is willing to check down he's he's willing to go to Le'Veon uh, he's got a rapport with AB um, and he throws a nice ball where he's not afraid to throw over a defender's head um, he knows the offense. You know he's not look. He's not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not going to light the world on fire. But he can complete some passes. And I think if we put him in easy downs, if this is a game in which you know we're in second and six and third and four, um, we're going to have a much easier time with Landry than we would with third and nine or third and thirteen. Those kind of situations. Um, you know Landry can be aggressive though. I mean he was aggressive against Arizona for sure. Uh, the touchdown pass to Martavis in the back of the end zone was one in which he kind of threaded the needle over some defenders. But that gets him in, in trouble sometimes. And if you look at the kind of passes that Landry likes to throw, he throws that nice back shoulder to A.B. He had a nice rapport with him last year. He likes to check down to passes to like to Le'Veon over the middle um, or Le'Veon in the flat. Um, and then he likes to throw that slant route, the, the kind of the under route over the middle. Um, and he likes to throw the post route. Uh, things that are right in front of him are, are kind of his go-to. And it gets him in trouble sometimes. Uh, if you look at the interceptions that he threw last year, the two... He threw four interceptions last year. 
you know, one of them was a completed over the middle pass to AB. The ball came flying out of AB's hands and into a defender. You can't really blame Landry for that one. It should have been a completed pass. The other interception he threw was the fake field goal. Who cares? That's not a real play. So let's talk about the two interceptions that he threw. Uh, the one against Kansas City, and then, of course, the infamous one, the one against Cincinnati. Both of those plays are plays over the middle. Uh, one is a post route where he just doesn't see the defender or he thinks he can get over the defender's head. Uh, it goes right to, you know, the defender makes a good play. And the other one is perfect. Again, an over-the-middle play. He throws that one a little late. Perfect um, makes a good interception. Um, so, again, you know, those are the kind of passes that Landry needs to look out for. Belichick is obviously going to watch all that tape, the same tape that I just watched, and he's going to see the exact same thing. Landry wants to go over the middle. Let's put linebackers in zone coverage over the middle. Make Landry lead, uh, read that defense and make him make a smart decision. But if you watch overall, overall Landry's game tape, I mean, he is making smart decisions. He's not throwing into double, triple coverage. He's throwing to the guy that's open. He's not afraid to check down. He's not taking big sacks. Um, you know, Landry's not a bad quarterback. Now, as Tomlin said this week, is we're not going to win a shootout. And, and I totally agree with that. Landry's not going to come out there and light the world on fire. We're not going to go out there and throw five touchdowns with Landry. A lot of this game is going to be predicated on, can we get Le'Veon going? Can we get him involved in the game? Can he find some success early? And we can kind of snowball that into keeping time of possession, keeping Tom Brady off the field. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we got to figure out a way to, to deal with uh, Rob Gronkowski and Mar Martellus Bennett, the two tight end situations that we're going to be put in. Uh, tight ends have been a real weakness for this defense in years past. This year, haven't really seen, you know, we, we faced Jordan Reed, we faced Travis Kelsey. Neither of them really killed us. Uh, both teams put up, I think, a combined 30 points, so 15 points a game between the two. Um, if, if, you know, if New England's only scoring 15 to 20 points in this game, I, I give the Steelers a very good chance of winning. I think the the fear that every Steeler fan has is that we're going to give up 30 or we're going to give up 40. Um, and that could very easily happen. Look, our defense plays the kind of defense that Tom Brady eats up. The kind of underneath, you know, everything's underneath. Everything's run after catch. Um, our defense is, is gives that up a lot. And so we have to be making the... We're not going to change everything, right? Because all of a sudden we're going to go man to man. We're going to we're going to get some pressure on Brady, and all of a sudden you know, every route's going to be covered underneath, right? Obviously, the Steelers are going to go to their bread and butter, what they do well, and so the real point here is going to be number one: the front four have to get pressure themselves, and they haven't done that all year. They haven't proven they can do that all year. So, what it's really going to come down to is making the tackle at the point of attack. This is the part of the defense that has been working. Get off the field on third down. They're going to be putting some third and shorts, but they have to make the play. They have to make the tackle. Um, they have to make a, a pass defense, whatever it's going to take to get off the field on easy third downs. And when they're not doing that, they have to get off the field in the red zone. They have to only give up field goals. I imagine the Patriots are going to have plenty of chances in the red zone, and it's really going to come down to can we continue the success that we've had in the red zone? If we can, we're going to give Landry, we're going to give that offense a chance to put up 21, 24 points. Um, and, and, you know... On the other side, like if we're giving up 16, if we're giving up 19 points, if we're just giving up a bunch of field goals and maybe a touchdown here, um, that's going to be important. If the Steelers can miracle their way to a turnover, perfect. If Landry can stay turnover free, obviously that's you know that's the ideal here. But that's how you're going to win. More than likely, something's going to go wrong. Landry's going to the moment's going to get to him. He's going to throw a big interception in, in a moment, um, or we're just going to get eaten up by by Gronk and Bennett. Um, this is look. This is not the right time for this game to be played. Obviously, Ben being out, 
Um, puts a huge damper on what this team wanted to do offensively. And then defensively, no Hayward um, and Shazier coming back from injury. We'll see how he looks. Uh, but this is, look, this is not the right time to be playing this game. The Steelers need this one. They need it for home field. But you can argue that maybe the one against Baltimore after the bye week is going to be a little more important considering what's happened now uh, with Ben's injury and with the division itself. Uh, the Steelers probably coming out of this one are going to be 4-3. and three, And Baltimore playing the Jets this week could also be 4-3. and three. Uh, Cincinnati now 2-4 and four after their loss last week. Less concerned about what Cincinnati does, more concerned about Baltimore. But again, we play Baltimore the week after the bye week, so uh, you know that can be that that should be a much more important game in the long run uh, because this team is probably going to be fighting more for the division title than they are for home field at this point, considering how long Ben's going to be out. Overall, though, you know where do I think this team is right now? What what is uh, the trajectory of this team? Look, this is a tough loss. I've said all year that the thing that's going to stop this team from being in the Super Bowl is not stupid losses like this. It's injury. Uh, and the, the real problem with losing to Miami is not that we lost the game. It's that we lost Ben. Um, to this point, with injuries, it's been all these small ones. Oh, Mike Mitchell's hurt a little bit. Wheaton's hurt. Senquez Golson's hurt. Bud Dupree's hurt. These are all injuries where you go, eh, I can probably deal with that one. I can probably deal with that one. Marcus Gilbert gets hurt. Uh, Sammy Coates breaks his finger. Again, these are injuries where it's like, I can deal with this, I can deal with this, I can deal with this. But when you start to put them all together, right, now all of a sudden Shazier, Hayward, uh, all these guys, you know, everyone's, you've got third string uh, right tackle starting for you. Um, all of a sudden, these start to snowball, right, into something like Miami happening. And then you throw in Ben's injury, and now it's like, well, this is this is how it happens, right? You come into New England, a game you absolutely have to win if you want to get home field advantage. And you're doing so with one arm tied behind your back. Um, and that's been the problem this year. I mean, that, that's been the problem for the last two years is that this team just cannot find a way to stay healthy. And I do find it. I do find the, the karma of this one a little interesting. You know, Ben comes out this week and says, well, you know, it's it's because we our practices have been a little too physical. Um, and, of course, here's a guy who gets hurt who never gets hit in practice. I mean, the, the, the least physical player is Ben Roethlisberger. He never gets hit, and he's the one that, that gets the injury. Um, you know, football gods had a little karma in that one. Um, but it's tough. It's tough going forward. We'll see how long he's out. If he's out for the full six weeks, it's going to be a lot like last year. We're going to be going into week 16 and 17 against Baltimore and Cleveland, needing those wins, uh, to either clinch the division or stay in it in a wild card. If he's back for Baltimore, if he looks good in Baltimore, then this can just be a blip, right? And you can still see this team, uh, competing at least for, for definitely for the division, maybe for a buy in the playoffs. Um, I don't think this sets us back a whole a whole lot. Look, what happened on defense has a lot to do with the Steelers trying to get better in there and trying to make adjustments. And you know, you can you can criticize it by saying, well, it was the wrong adjustment, and that's fine. But at least they're trying to fix the problem. Um, and, and I like to see that rather than no, this is what we're going to do and this is what it's going to be for the rest of the season. Uh, we have some, we, look, the problems that we've got, they're still there. We've got to fix them. We've got to get better now in the running game. We've still got to get a pass rush, uh, and we've got to be better at defending the pass. Um, but overall, look, the defense, the dam has not broken yet. We have not given up uh, 40 points a game yet. I know this. I know they scored 30 in this one, but it was really 23. I mean, it's like, you know, I know Ben finished with 100 and whatever yards and a touchdown, but he really finished this game 11 of 24 for 95 yards and two picks. Okay, the last drive doesn't really matter. We weren't going to win the game. And the last run for Ajay doesn't really matter uh, because the game was over at that point. 
Anyway, all right, that's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountry at gmail.com. The Twitter is twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are found. We'll see you next week.